Welcome to the Introverted Doctor Podcast, the podcast that uncovers myths, mistakes, and misconceptions that keeps healthcare professionals back from living their best life at work, home, and play. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and with each episode, I'll be focusing on different aspects such as communication techniques, mindset routines, tools, and strategies with the goal to show how to eliminate anxiety, trip-ups, and unwelcome results that come from ineffective communications. Note, you can find the show notes at theintroverteddoctor.com associated with this episode. Now, there is one element that we use daily in our lives to create meaningful conversations and communications. The best communicators, whether it's a one-on-one situation or with a large audience, use this element to connect with their audience. And that single element is effective storytelling. We need to use stories to explain, to expound, to explore, to entertain, to educate, and to connect with the people we're conversing with. Storytelling is not only useful in creating effective effective meaning in our communications, but it's also useful for remembering things. Whether we need to recall something for work or personal interest, we do it through stories or mental images that unfold in our mind. If I'm trying to remember grocery items on a list, my mind will create a narrative on how I must walk through the store in order to get all my items so I don't forget them. One of the greatest lessons I learned from a friend of mine who's brilliant at remembering things told me his secret for success and the reason he has a great memory is because he's proficient at creating stories. He simply associates one concept to another in a story-like fashion. So for example, if he needed to remember a list of items, he'd connect one item with another in a storyline. So if he had to buy groceries, he'd picture himself spilling milk on a bunch of bananas and then he'd slip and fall into a huge carton of eggs and then he'd use a bunch of toilet paper to clean his face up. In one picture, he remembered the milk, the bananas, the eggs and toilet paper and so on. And so the list could be as long as he needed it to be. He also uses the technique when remembering, you know, chemical processes or pathways such as the Krebs cycle, which may not initially be clear or visually understandable, but he created a mental story so he wouldn't forget. And his study time decreases anywhere from 30 to 50 percent. And even more impressive is his retainability is tremendous. It's a great technique that works. You should try it sometime. I've used it, and it's really powerful. That's the power and importance of cultivating a great imagination, which we all have the ability to do and to improve with just a little bit of practice. Also, if you think about how many things that you already know, you remember it in, by a form of a story. Even math is understandable when we put it, in, put it into a context of a story. One cookie plus another cookie equals two cookies. And when you group a bunch of cookies together and you have several groups of them, you're introducing the concept of multiplying. Stories help make 
complicated ideas more understandable. They help make the invisible visible. There really is a magic to effective stories. We all have this skill to become a phenomenal storyteller. Part of it is becoming more aware of how we are telling our stories and listening to wonderful stories and asking, why are they so memorable? Now you may be thinking, why am I even bringing up this concept of stories in this podcast? Well, I've been speaking at a few medical conferences and recently had the, that experience uh, that just whole, got me thinking about stories and storytelling. And there are four reasons that led me to create this episode for this podcast. The first was I wanted to highlight or underscore the importance of storytelling and to bring it more into our conscious awareness of how prevalent and significant they are in our lives. The second reason was that I noticed that the best speakers at the conference had profound stories that led to a memorable point. The knowledge they shared stayed with me because of an outstanding and impactful story. I'll share a few of them with you in a few seconds. The third reason I'm doing this podcast was because I had been asked several times at the conferences what I thought it took to be a great presenter and if I had any advice that would make their presentations better. The answer I shared with them was simply, simply really came down to creating and telling a memorable and intriguing story in your presentation. And if you can add some personal connection, it's even more meaningful. I mean, if you look at the best speakers or things you remembered, it invoked a memory and emotion that made the concepts or facts real for you. As Maya Angelou said, no one will remember what you said or did, but they'll remember the way you made them feel. And that feeling comes from any vehicle that elicits emotions, like all good stories do. There's also a fourth reason for understanding stories, and I'll reveal that at the end. Um, but here's some examples of what I'm talking about. Most information, even the boring stuff, which has facts and figures and needs, needs to have a story attached to it. Otherwise, it really is meaningful. A story gives facts and figures meaning. The story gives the reason why the audience should pay attention to it. Nobody, nobody really cares about the facts if there isn't meaning behind it. People remember facts better when those facts carry a purpose in their lives and affects them or people and, people and the ideas they care about or, they, or ideas that they could care about. Now, recently at the Canadian Conference on Physicians' Health in St. John's, Newfoundland, where I had the honor and privilege to speak and share some of my stories, as well as teach and teach them how to do magic and illusions in the clinical setting, at that conference, I heard some very compelling stories that made a point, and I'll share, share them with you now. One of the doctors speaking shared 
how he personally felt when he received a letter about the tragic death of one of his patients. The doctor spoke about his anxiety and the emotions he felt before he and his young family were about to go on their holiday. But what I found interesting is that he never used the word anxiety per se to illustrate how the letter affected him emotionally. Instead, he shared the fact that when he and his wife and young children climbed into the car, he backed the car up with his family in it into a cement wall at a high speed, causing some injury. He then said, you know, I probably should have let my wife drive. That story of him backing into a cement wall with his family and young, young children in the back seat said so much more about his personal psychological state than if he simply said that, you know, he felt upset and anxious when he read that letter. As an audience member, I, we, knew that he had felt something profound. He was anxious, worried, and upset from the letter he had received from the surviving spouse. He depicted how a person feels when they get troubling news. And he described it in a manner where you yourself could see yourself doing the very same thing if you were in his shoes. It was a, it was a story you could empathize with and visualize actually happening. Every audience member knew what he was feeling. I know I certainly did. I remember that story after he told it, and more than likely it will be in my memory for a long time. If he simply said, you know, we get anxious when we hear upsetting news, when we, like, if you get a troubling letter, like somebody passed away, you know, that wouldn't have been memorable. He knew the art of storytelling in terms of getting an idea across and making it stick with the audience. That's what fables, quotes, rhymes, limericks, and other uh, avenues of literature do. They convey information and messages in a visual context. Great communicators understand this, whether it's intuitively in the way they're delivering their message or they've consciously inserted it into their presentation or any story. Another speaker, Dr. Stefan Lenowski, a family physician and sports medicine physician, shared in a few sentences about the importance of having an open sense of awareness in terms of our responsibility as physicians. He told us of a story when he was a child. His father had gone to his doctor for a general assessment, and at the end of the visit, he asked the doctor to take a quick peek at a skin lesion on his shoulder. The doctor didn't think it, it appeared to be cancerous, but he took extra care and decided to do a biopsy at the last minute anyway. Well, the biopsy revealed stage 3 melanoma. His father would have died when Stefan would have been a young child. Dr. Stefan Lenowski said that the physician's extra care did not only affect his father's life, but also his own and his siblings. 
they would have been without a father. His mother would have been without a spouse. His family's life would have been so dramatically different. His story, which he said in less than a minute, stuck and stuck with me. His message through his story was, one person can affect the lives of so many and that we as clinicians may never even see the hidden people in the patient's life that is in front of us. That's the power of of his story. And those couple stories really made me start thinking more about the art of effective storytelling. Quotes can also be very effective as well. Dr. John Chazon shared a wonderful quote at this conference, and that quote was by by, uh, George Washington Carver. And the quote goes like this, How far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong, because someday in your life you will have been all of these. That quote speaks to character, compassion, and wisdom. So quotes are memorable because they can say something succinctly and often profoundly. And of course, great healthcare professionals use stories in the clinical setting to explain medical concepts too. If I need to explain how the lungs work to a patient, I'll begin a story of how the lungs are shaped as an upside-down tree and that the blood passing through the lungs travels on a continuous bus route picking up oxygen and carbon dioxide and dropping them off at their respective stops in the body so that the body can actually function properly. This type of story is easy to understand what's happening in, the concept, in, in a concept that may not easily be understood if you're not in the field of medicine. I'd like to share with you one story I heard which I still think about. And it's from a really kind fellow who's a real giver, just a real good soul. He told me that when he was a young child, he was very sick and spent a considerable amount of time in the hospital as a child because of his asthma. His father wasn't in the picture very much. And at the age of seven, when he was in the pediatric ward, he reached out for a male role model who at that time happened to be a doctor, and one day when the doctor was at his bedside, the little boy said, When I grow up, I want to be a doctor. The doctor looked down at this eager, you know, at this eager little boy with his big grin, and the doctor said to him, You're not smart enough, and walked away. Now, my friend, in telling me that story, was pointing out that the one that one particular sentence that the doctor said to him shaped the way he saw himself for many years and it shaped his self-identity. Although his interest in medicine remained, he never pursued a career in medicine because he thought he couldn't do it. Yet I know, and he knows now too after many years of personal self-discovery, that he certainly could have become a doctor if he pursued it. So for me, when I heard this story, it had more of an effect than if he simply said, you know, what we say as healthcare professionals really impacts children, so you should be using proper language. 
it's a true statement, but but not something that you'd carry into action easily because it doesn't have the sticking power if you if you really think about it. But that lesson I came with after hearing my friend's story is to be very mindful, especially with children, about the language that I use because our language can shape their self-identity and their life trajectory. So remember stories that you hear and stories that are important to you. Use stories in your presentations, your talks, and in your own lives because that's what people remember. The greatest communicators are storytellers, and the greatest storytellers are the greatest communicators. So take time to remember stories, collect your own, and share your stories with others. It will make an impact in your life, but also help others too in any lesson you may be wanting to share. We all should be collectors of stories. We all can change our life stories by how we choose to interpret them, reshape them, and share them. I believe we all have a story to tell. Live your best story because stories are truly a magical tool. I hope this podcast served you in some way. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share with a friend or colleague and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And please don't forget to leave a rating. I know it seems like a small thing, but it makes a big difference in helping others find this podcast. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and thank you so much for listening. And it has been a real honor and pleasure to share my story and the stories that uh, that I've collected in the last few weeks with you today. Let's together make a great, great, create a greater community with greater harmony and joy and to improve the magic in our lives. Tell me what you liked about this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Have an awesome day.